This week on Wealth Track, the importance of quality in companies and shareholders. Larry Cunningham explains why he and Warren Buffett are convinced that quality in both improves investment results. As I studied Berkshire over the years, uh, one of the factors that helps to explain its success is having such a high quality shareholder base. They have given Buffett and the team the, the long-term runway to execute on their evolving plan. The importance of becoming a quality shareholder is this week's topic on Consuelo Mac Wealth Track. Funding provided by Morgan Le Fay Dreams Foundation, ClearBridge Investments, Royce Investment Partners, Matthews Asia, First Eagle Investment Management, and Strategus Asset Management. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. In this era of indexing where investors buy baskets with stocks, the investors who research and buy individual companies are becoming a rarity. Some would say a throwback to another era. Now, the most obvious example is Warren Buffett, the nonagenarian chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, who is widely considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, American investor in memory. Buffett is famous for buying quality companies for the long term, in his words, forever. He is less well known for his emphasis on seeking high-quality shareholders, stock owners who stick around for the long term, which he has succeeded in attracting to Berkshire Hathaway. This week's guest is an authority on Buffett, quality companies, and shareholders. He is Lawrence Cunningham, who hangs his hat as a professor of law at George Washington University. He is also a driving force behind the university's Quality Shareholders Initiative, intended to research and report on high-quality shareholders, as they are dubbed by Buffett, traditional investors that study individual companies, acquire substantial stakes in only a few, and hold them for the long term. He has written over two dozen books, including one in collaboration with Buffett, the bestseller, The Essays of Warren Buffett, Lessons for Corporate America, now in its fifth edition, which we discussed with him on a recent Wealth Track. You can see the interview on WealthTrack.com. Among his other books are Berkshire Beyond Buffett, The Enduring Value of Values, and Quality Investing, Owning the Best Companies for the Long Term. His latest book is Quality Shareholders, How the Best Managers Attract and Keep Them. Among Cunningham's many philanthropic activities over the years is his current membership on the board of the Museum of American Finance, the only independent museum in the U.S. devoted to a history of the finance system that made us the world's economic and innovation powerhouse. I have the privilege of being on the museum's board with him. The theme of this week's discussion with Cunningham is quality. First up, from an investor point of view, what does it mean in a company? Companies that are able to sustain their prosperity indefinitely. So they've got moats, the nickname Buffett created for competitive advantages. So uh, buffers that will help deflect technological onslaught or or rivals from eroding the the durability of the business. that's what we mean when we, we say a quality company. And, and it's, again, it's built for durability. So it's a long-term uh, animal. Is it possible to still buy companies? I mean, with the exception of Berkshire Hathaway, where, you know, the CEO is 90 years old, um, that you can hold for the long term, that, that do have sustainable business models? Do those animals still exist? 
They, they do, but you're right to imply that they're rare, and, and they may be rarer than ever. But uh, you know, if you look back at the, uh, the Dow 30 at 10, 20, 30, or 40 years ago, it's changed a lot. It changes a lot. A lot, and we can expect it to continue to do. Right. But there are thousands of companies, and there are um, quite a few that um, endure for decades. And that's the sweet spot. That's the cohort that we really very high quality, and, and they do exist. Right. Are there a couple of examples of companies that you would say are quality companies that you know you can invest in the long term that are sustainable and have a, a culture and a management philosophy and execution that you can really depend upon? Uh, Unilever might be, I, I could give you a list of, of many, but just, just to highlight yeah. one that covers a lot of those, those bases, Unilever, which is more than a century old consumer products giant operating in, in more than 100 countries, some of them very, very deep uh, in, in every uh, consumer product area, soap and pa- paper products and so on. It's got a, uh, a vast reach uh, around the world. And in those areas, it has uh, deep networks of customers, distributors, s- suppliers, um, employees. And uh, so it's got a lot of competitive uh, strengths. The uh, power of its brands is also um, quite Im- quite impressive, and they, they invest a lot in uh, advertising and also um, you know, maintaining the, the quality of their their ingredients so that the, the products are uh, things that customers uh, value. So right. um, it's been a very long term oriented company, uh, and we tell an interesting story in in the uh, in the quality investing book, or I think. It, we tell it in the quality investing book and the quality shareholder book about how about 15 years ago, the markets had begun to focus the company very heavily on its quarterly results. And uh, they were punished when they didn't meet the quarterly guidance. Um, And when that happened several times, managers of the various units decided they needed to pay attention to those market uh, uh, crises. And so they stopped uh, investing in the next new soap or the next new approach to packaging, and instead tried to hit those those targets. Numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this went on for five or six years before the CEO and the leadership discovered that they were not positioned for the long term anymore. <laughs> they were they were hitting some quarterly targets, but they they were running out of runway in some some areas, and so they they went right to the core and stopped offering quarterly guidance. They just told the analysts, we're not going to do it anymore. And at first, the analysts didn't like it, and the stock no. was punished. But after after two years, it regained um, a, a good correlation of price to value, and that value was higher. And it's been sustained for seven or eight years since that ex- experiment or that, that alteration was made. Because one of the problems is that even a great company like that can can stumble. Or you know, I, I was going to say, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yet it, it's able to, you know, you, and, and not everyone can course correct, but but they did. You know, another example might be in the luxury goods sector, a company like Hermes that mm-hmm. has products with a distinctive uh, provenance. Cachet. Yeah, right. cachet, right? And, and they have very nice materials. Quality. Most mm-hmm. made by hand. People will pay up for that uh, quality. And it's a very well-run company, and so they maintain quality you know, across the chain, across the supply chain and distributions. They're very careful about 
um, assuring that they're so they're never supplying too many of these goods. Um, you know, they consciously commit to having that very high quality image in their consumer markets and even in their in their employee markets. I mean, people like to work at Hermes, and and so um, and that company's been around, uh, uh, I, you know, for generations, and, and I, I think there's reason to expect that it will be sustainable too. I mean, those are consumer product companies, a luxury good company, but is it possible to, in industrials, for instance, or in, in a tech company, is it possible to have, you know, th- that kind of quality uh, that is enduring and sustainable? It is. The exact ingredients will differ uh, between right. a consumer products and an industrial and a, and a tech, but looking for those um, those patterns or those uh, categories is, is helpful. I'll give you an example in each of those sectors. 3M in the, in the industrial sector, it, right. it, it's an inventor and a producer of a wide range of applications uh, uh, and, and um, you know, tools, some consumer, some industrial. And, um, and the culture at 3M is experimental, research, uh, creativity, uh, is an intellectual place, and, mm-hmm. and this attracts a uh, high-quality sort of researcher, um, investigator, engineer, and and so they're constantly working on new products, new innovations, and then their their troops are very good at bringing them to consumers and sell, you know, getting them uh, into to the market, the, uh, in the stream of commerce, mm-hmm. and, and there's mm-hmm. an example of. of uh, the the moat there is a research driven culture and and very often a culture like that while a, 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 an investigator is trying to solve problem a they create an invention that solves problem b <laughs> and we have plenty of wonderful examples in history of, of that right of that discovery it often turns into uh, extraordinary value and 3m has done it uh, quite a few times so in in tech you know i I guess the primary example Today would be Apple. Uh, uh-huh. It's it shares with 3M that that sort of culture of innovation and and ideas and um, you know constant improvement. You know, really a consumer orientation uh, in in terms of the the, t- the phone and and all the apps and every, everything it's done. And it, I'm sure it may stumble too. Tech is a very dynamic field, obviously, but at this stage, it has such a uh, penetration and it's not just a market it's really a culture <laughs> it, our entire uh, you know pe- people live by these these devices and and they're uh, you know increasingly useful uh, every, right. every sort of thing forget about weather and flashlights you know you're going to have all sorts of capabilities uh, it just are added on on a fairly regular basis over over years and, and people will pay up for that too so I think you can find quality companies in in any in any sector potentially and at any time in history uh, potentially and the the key is to to focus on these features that signal durable economic advantage for for you know, the indefinite future. I, I mentioned in my introduction to you that that another book that you've uh, written that is uh, came out in 2020 as a matter of fact had the word quality in it. There is a theme here quality shareholders. This is an interesting concept to me, how the best managers attract and keep them. You know, what is the appeal of a quality shareholder and, and what does it mean to be a quality shareholder? 
the theme is is deliberate because it's almost as if these are two sides of of one coin. The same. That if yes. Quality uh, investing is hunting for companies with these durable attributes, and quality shareholders are the people who hunt for them and then buy and hold them for long periods of time. So both long term. Uh, focused uh, businesses, long-term focused shareholders. And, and that's our definition of, of quality shareholders. And incidentally, I owe the definition to Warren Buffett, who in the 70s announced, as Berkshire was just coming onto the scene, that he wanted to have, he called them high-quality shareholders. I've just uh-huh. abbreviated the quality, and he defined them as being long-term focused owners. And uh-huh. he, he succeeded in, in getting them. And, uh, and, and that's really what, what led me to investigate quality shareholders was the, the shareholder base at Berkshire Hathaway is more long-term than probably any other company, or at least it's in the top, and, and has right. more concentrated uh, owners rather as opposed to indexers. And as I studied Berkshire over the years, um, one of the factors that helps to explain its success is having such a high quality shareholder base. They have given Buffett and the team the the long-term runway to execute right. on their evolving plan. They pay attention to the business and not to the stock price. They have very little appetite for short-term quarterly news, quarterly guidance, which Berkshire doesn't issue. And so that led me to study other companies that and other shareholders of this sort. And what I, I put produce the results in, in in that in that book of identifying who the quality shareholders are and which companies they're investing in. And how potent a force in this day of indexing um, are long-term shareholders? The definition of the, the quality shareholder is a, a person or a firm that uh, holds for the long term, holds indefinitely for in most cases. That right. I mean, they're not allowed to sell. Sometimes you, it's the right thing to do is sell, but that they're their preference is, is to hold forever, and that they focus. And so they pick a, a small, relatively small portfolio of stocks, and we're not saying less than 10, but, but certainly less than 50. And the uh-huh. contrast in, in each case is with the indexers, who they might be long-term, but they buy every stock in the market. Sure. Right? And, and short-term sort of traders, nanosecond, um, AI type, you know, artificial intelligence type of machine, trading on the other, which they, they might have large positions and might even concentrate in certain degrees, but they're never holding for long. And, and while the indexers and that, that transient group contribute something very useful uh, to markets, uh, indexers contribute the market return for millions of people at extremely low cost. And those transients make a market in stocks, which promotes liquidity and efficiency. Mm-hmm. So they both contribute something, but they've also both been studied extensively. Right? People have focused on the index industry uh, uh, in, in great detail and have right. studied you know, short-termism uh, in probably greater detail. But the cohort that is long-term and focused is underappreciated. And, and, but I think and it's they, smaller now, right? Isn't it, it has, much smaller? Yes, thank you. Just, it has it's been, shrunk. It shrunk, right? So our estimate is that the indexers, which includes the avowed indexers, who say we just mimic the S and P, as well as the closet indexers, who uh, right. say they're going to pick stocks, but then they just deliver the market. But that cohort is roughly thirty to forty percent of total public equity, depending on how you how you measure it. And the transient cohort is about the same size, 
And that leaves quality shirt. Another cohort are, are the activists. Right. And so that leaves the, the quality cohort somewhere between 15 and maybe maybe 20 percent. So it's a small group. And and the reason it's, it's indexers have risen and transients have risen while this cohort has shrunk is it's hard to do. It's mm -hmm. hard to be long term. It's hard to stay focused. Uh, it's easier just to get the market return. Uh, right. But this cohort, what we're discovering is this this cohort plays a critical role in valuation. That is, they're the people that do the research that enables uh, trading to find the price, the value mm -hmm. of, of a stock and it's huh. on which the indexers free ride and the transients may do some arbitrage trading around it. But the, it's this cohort that does the fundamental research that reveals uh, value or reveals the best estimates of value. And and Larry, you also have a consultancy called the Quality Shareholders Group where you're advising CEOs in corporate America on how to attract, right, quality shareholders. And what does it do for them and the performance of the companies that they're running? Well, one of the most important things is that it gives the managers a runway on which to execute their strategy. So a conscientious manager who has conviction about a particular uh, product development or acquisition strategy or whatever it may be, will find this cohort very congenial, very supportive uh, in, in that regard. And the second thing it's related to that is that this can this cohort, they, they're thoughtful and they're students of, of the business. And so they they understand it. They don't understand it as well as the CEO does, obviously, but they understand it way better than the indexers or the transients. And so this this is a group, it's a brain trust or offers a brain trust that CEOs can look to for, for help. If, if they're uh, facing a difficult business decision or strategic direction, it, they can call these people for, for advice. Some quality shareholders have even um, served on boards of directors of mm -hmm. typically quality companies. And, and, and that's the perfect example of this, or the union uh, between a, a quality uh, company and a, and a quality shareholder. When, when those uh, quality shareholders take a seat on a board, they will also typically buy significant uh, stake in the company and really become uh, partners. Uh, and I, perhaps the biggest uh, incentive, I guess, to just to be uh, frank about it in, in our current environment is that the quality shareholders serve to validate managerial strategy. And so if an activist becomes restless and presents itself uh, to a board and a company agitating for a new strategic direction, divestitures, recaps, dividends, or what have you, if the CEO also has a cohort of quality shareholders, he, she can call that cohort and, and ask, do you agree with the activist thesis or do you prefer the course we're taking? And very often, by definition, the quality shareholder will agree with the mm -hmm. CEO and mm -hmm. help that agreement, not always and not inevitably. Right. This brain trust is available then to explain to the activist or to the other shareholders in a public proxy fight why the existing course is the better one. As far as activist investors are concerned, uh, can they be quality shareholders as well? Yes, that's an excellent question, and they certainly can be. I because under my, under my definition of long term and focused, quite a few right. activists, Dan Loeb, uh, very often, it sometimes Bill Bill Ackman in, in some of his positions and others uh, uh, take a very long term view and 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 take a, a significant stake and and really align 
Um, but it's not inevitable because there are other right. uh, activists, we call them drive-by activists, who uh, <laughs> take a small stake and are in it for a short, short time and, and cut and run. So g- give me a couple of examples where uh, it really has helped uh, the companies themselves possibly fend off uh, what might be a harmful uh, activist attack. Ashland Chemical was a target of a proxy contest by the activist uh, Cruiser Capital that had mm-hmm. uh, proposals for significant changes in, in operations uh, that management uh, doubted. And so it consulted, the CEO consulted some of its quality shareholders, its large long-term holders, uh, and asked them, do you agree with our current approach or would you uh, endorse what, what Cruiser is uh, prescribing? And the quality shareholders uh, studied the alternative proposal and they knew what the existing course was and they agreed with the CEO. Um, and a, a big player in that one was Newberger Berman, which uh, uh-huh. sure. it's a big, big fund and they'd owned it for seven or plus years. And so they knew the company. They're the, the epitome of a quality shareholder in that setting. How do you apply this, you know, becoming a quality shareholder to individual investors on the retail level or does it apply? It's, it most certainly does. You know, uh-huh. my, my rough estimate is that of total public equity, the institutions dominate. They have about 70 percent. Right. Uh, but still 30 percent of public equity is owned by, by individuals. And a lot of uh, Americans still have significant uh, interest in, in positions in stocks. And my uh, deeply held uh, advice and recommendation is that having a long-term uh, approach is absolutely essential. So I'm very much against the transient approach. I know people do it. Uh, the meme stock phenomenon has attracted a lot of people to doing uh, you know, a lot of day trading. They may right. hold for a few months. but, but there, So there's a lot of um, energetic action in the stock market that, that I don't favor and don't recommend. So on the, on the focus aspect, I, I, I agree that, that it, this, the safest thing to do, especially if you don't have the time, energy, or, or, or capacity, uh, is to have a significant part of your investment nest egg in, in an index. Index right? fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's safer, especially, again, if you don't have the time or inclination uh, or capacity. Um, but those that have some of any of those, um, at least a portion, uh, it, it, it's, it's fair and rational to in, invest in, in just a, a relatively small number of stocks that you can research, understand, and believe in. I, myself, I follow that advice. I've got the... 401ks that are in diversified index type uh, uh, funds. And, and then I have uh, a, a different part of the nest egg that I invest in in particular companies and in, have held right. them for decades in, in, in most cases and, 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 and intend to do. The philosophy is, is, is should appeal and will, 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 will benefit uh, in individual shareholders just, just as it would institutions. And while they wouldn't participate necessarily in the brain, at least the People like me, the ordinary mm-hmm. uh, in, investors, uh, you know, the, um, it wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily. Uh, well, I, I've been appointed to some some positions in, in in that way, but for most of us, we wouldn't be playing uh, that kind of role. But nevertheless, as a group, um, it it does uh, register, does validate uh, the, the the company's uh, viewpoint. So it's a it's a cohort that I also encourage uh, CEOs and and boards to cultivate. I, I think. Um, uh, having uh, intelligent, long-term individual investors as part of the shareholder base can be very beneficial. I think that's especially true when they're also employees. Uh, and so I, I recommend um, 
that companies uh, reward their their long-term individual shareholders, whether it's through product giveaways or discounts uh, and other perks like that, or, or even with uh, additional uh, dividends and give them a 10% right. higher dividend if they've held the stock for a certain period of time. Oh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I do think, uh, I, I think this is for individual investors as, as, as much as uh, for the institutions. All right. One last question for individual investors, which is uh, for uh, a long-term diversified portfolio, what would you recommend we all own some of? And I'm thinking of the theme of quality companies and quality shareholders. I'd say an excellent example would be Amphenol. Probably not a household name, but they are one of the leading manufacturers of connectors uh, in the world. These are specialty electrical products that you'll see them in audiovisual equipment and automobile manufacturing. Just about every uh, every industry has some need for their products, and, and they're regarded as, as one of the very best uh, manufacturers. Been around a long time in this little niche industry, and uh, I think they'll be around a long time for the future. Larry Cunningham, thank you so much for joining us on WealthTrack to talk about quality in investing and being a shareholder. It's a fascinating topic. Thanks. Thank you very much. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is become a quality shareholder. You can make a great start by reading Larry Cunningham's Quality Shareholders, How the Best Managers Attract and Keep Them. According to Robert Hagstrom, author of The Warren Buffett Way, by following Cunningham's prescriptions, companies can improve economic returns and individuals have a roadmap to become quality shareholders and improve their investment results. Having shareholders that stick around has certainly helped Berkshire Hathaway weather many storms, and Buffett would tell you it's helped his results as well. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. Have a great weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.